Well, folks, welcome back to the Electric Election Podcast. You thought we were going to leave the farm, but we didn't, Danielle Butcher. There are more conversations to be had, of course. Danielle Butcher, she's the Executive Vice President of the Conservation Coalition. On my left is Matt Kruger. Matt, you mind tell us a little bit about what you do and where we are in Minnesota? Hey, thanks. Good morning, everyone. Um, We are in southern Minnesota at Blooming Prairie. We're at one of uh, Central Farm Service uh, seed. We're just outside one of their seed buildings where the corn and soybeans are stored. Um, I work for Lando Lakes, Truterra. In my role, I'm on the stewardship impact team as a precision conservation sales specialist. Um, And I've been on the team for three and a half years now. That's awesome. Well, Matt, Lando Lakes is known for their butter, but today we're here to talk about environmental sustainability. So could you just dive right into that? Yes, everyone knows us for our butter. <laughs> um, my uh, girlfriend's mother gave me a, a picture frame with our butter label on the inside of it because we did change our label from the Indian Maiden to farmer owned. That's a big thing I'm gonna talk about here. Uh, Lando Lakes is farmer owned, so we are owned by farmers, and we produce this technology called Truterra Insights Engine which is essentially the first of its class. It's farmer data, it's farmer-driven farmer's data. And we help um, use that data, we collect it, working through our ag retail network to help growers advance the stewardship on their farm and hopefully at the same time, advancing their profitability, making them more profitable. Well, that gets me really excited because it sounds like it's intra-entrepreneurship to create sustainability, right? Land Lakes, they own the butter market. Nobody can get in on that, but they don't own the data science market on farming. And that's a way that they're growing their business. Do you think other businesses could learn from this? And maybe you could go in a little more depth about how Truterra got created in the first place. Yeah. So data right now is some people say data is gold when it comes to the agricultural space. And we feel the same. Um, we want, again, everyone's after trying to capture that data. And then in turn, hopefully down the road, we can use that in the carbon credit market. Um, that's one of our goals is to eventually use that for the carbon credit market. Use our growers, put them in position for one year from now, two years from now, who knows, to be part of that carbon market and hopefully be leaders in the pack. So Matt, why is that data so valuable? What does it help you with? How can you use that data to become more efficient? Yeah, so for example, um, we're trying to track year over year. So if grower, um, Matt Kruger grower, if I essentially have a story to tell, if I have my own data and um, I can learn how to be more efficient on my Mount Carroll soil type, and if I apply certain nutrients at certain different levels, a certain different timing, over time I can see what's most effective using that data to tell that story. And again, uh, everything's our opinion until we have data to back it up. And really that's how farms were operating before, right? Little silos almost with anecdotal data that they kind of took back just kind of almost generationally, you know, from, from father to son or, or son, you know, father to daughter. But now what you're doing is kind of bringing that cloud technology to bear. How much data can you get out of, let's say, this John Deere tractor behind us? Or what are you having to do to actually start getting this data out of the land? Yeah, so there's a couple different techniques out there. Um, there's a lot of different technologies that we connect with. Um, so for example, John Deere and Climate Field View, we can connect with that data source, which a lot of them are pieces of, mon- they're in their monitors on the tractors and planters. Um, Farm Mobile has a puck that you plug into the tractor. So a lot of that data is actually being collected while the grower's driving the equipment and planting. And then a lot of the data we get from the agronomist or from the grower themselves. Um, you know, it's basic knowledge of what they've been doing for the past however many years. It's what kind of tillage, what's their pest management, how often they spray their crops. 
Um, do they take their corn stalk bales off? So details like that is what we're trying to collect over time here. Mm -hmm. So how long has this technology existed for and how quickly do you think it's advancing? Yeah, so we've had data that tracked back to 2018 inside Truterra Insights Engine. And oh my goodness, it's advancing like crazy. Um, every eight weeks we have a release with the tool um, with a new function of it or a new thing we're trying to capture and collect or a new way to spin that data to eventually have it be more beneficial for that farmer, for that grower to make them more profitable again. Um, and our, we have two goals here. Number one, that's help the grower be more profitable. Number two, that's improve their environmental footprint and, and lead to be lead them to be more sustainable. Well, that's really positive. I'm curious, how many acres uh, have you covered at, at this point? Back in 2018, you had 660,000 acres. Where are you at now? Is this in, in 2020? Yep, in 2019, we just wrapped up uh, roughly 1.7 million acres inside Truterra Insights Engine. Um, that was a lot of work to get there but it's a really good story now to tell. I think we have data in 19 states across the Midwest, mostly focused in the heart here in the breadbasket, the Midwest. Um, but I love that because it's it started here in Minnesota and you're, you're home, Danielle, but now it's exploding across America. And that's, I think, is the answer. We're always looking at that kind of top down message from the government, but it doesn't work. It has to be bottom up and then spread across America. Yeah, well, and Matt was just outlining the goals of this. And he said, you know, to maximize profit, but also to conserve the land. And I think that is the winning combination, right? That is the incentive for other states and other farms to embrace this. What do you think about that? Do you think we can maintain an environmental message while also growing our economy? Oh, absolutely. Um, the only way to do that is with a story to tell, with their data, and we're trying to do that. And over time, um, if a grower, if their goal is to farm more acres, and if they are today are doing tillage, let's maybe show them other growers in their area in their county that are doing no-till and that they're producing the same yields and then that grower if they're thinking about switching their tillage to no-till how many more acres can they farm so that grower can expand his operation to cover more acres with at the same time helping the benefit helping the environment by doing less tillage out there releasing those greenhouse gases so they, they say it's a fact or a myth but we're searching for the carbon neutral farm is this the path to the carbon neutral farm is this data that you're gathering it's a real thing it is a real thing a carbon neutral farm <laughs> it's, not <a> myth. <laughs> it's not a myth it's not fake news, <laughs> um, it's not fake news. Um, i'm excited about it because i work for lando lakes truterra because of those exact words uh, this carbon neutral farm i want to be helping growers get there, um, again, to help their operation, to make them more profitable, to keep them farming, and to um, do our part for the environment, leave our legacy. And what does the carbon neutral farm mean to you? For so those who are just hearing it, right? Like, how would you describe that meaning and, and how soon will we get there? Because like certain companies are like, we're gonna be carbon negative like Microsoft by 2040. How are we gonna get America to this carbon neutral farm and making it a standard? So the fun thing about our technology we have is we try to meet the grower where they are today. So for example, if you're not doing any soil sampling on your operation and you're not doing any variable rate technology, Let's start there, let's have that conversation. Maybe that's the first step for your operation. You're probably not ready for cover crops if you're not doing soil sampling on your farm. Um, and maybe your step is just adding a stabilizer to your largest nitrogen application. Or maybe it's switching your nitrogen from the fall to the spring. So we're trying to meet the grower where they are today, capture that data, and then over time, 
show to them that they are improving their uh, essentially profitability and again stewardship. Um, the growers at the upper end today that are uh, doing cover crops and no-tilling, they are more of your carbon neutral farms. Um, hopefully we can get more growers there. Climate is a big deal with that. With um, It's hard to get crops, cover crops planted in November when you're done harvesting. So we do have some obstacles that we need to overcome and there's ways to work around it with aerial seeding or with planting, switching up your crop rotation. But it just needs a little bit of science. Yeah, just needs a little bit of science and local data to help understand the next step for some of these operations. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's exactly the right approach. It, it, it may not be as exciting as this like big goal of like, by 2050, we're gonna be completely carbon neutral. But in order to actually take action, you have to meet people where they're at. You have to do that hard work. And that's the only way you're going to get to that goal. And you should set that goal, but you have to have a plan to get there as well. Yeah, exactly. Good call out there. So if we're going to try to get this all across America, it started in Minnesota, what do you want to see politicians do to kind of get this across the country? Or do you want to see politicians get out of the way? Like, what's, how do you see their role in this kind of public-private partnership? Yeah, when people say politicians, I get a little fearful because... <laughs> Don't we? We all do in America right now. <laughs> the last thing we want to do here at Truterra is tell farmers how to farm. We're not doing that. We don't want politicians to do that. We're trying to actually get in between to say, hey, we're doing the right thing here. We got 1.7 million acres in the system. And actually, year over year, we're showing that they're improving their overall footprint. They reduce their greenhouse gases. Um, year over This year over year data can help tell the story, really, to help farmers keep farming without government regulation. So when we talk politics, that's the first thing I'll say, and I'll kind of back away after that. <laughs> well, and it gets to something I think the Conservation Coalition really focuses on, Danielle, which is that we have to really take action at all different levels in all different ways uh, right now because there just isn't a, a lot of time when it comes to climate change and that's why you're going across the country and, and having these conversations correct yeah that's exactly why i mean we need to have a better understanding of where the farming and agricultural community is coming from and these types of conversations are giving us just that understanding so we can incentivize you versus like forcing you to do it right yes exactly a lot of these uh when you say incentives a lot of these enhancements a grower is going to make on their operation at cover crops, a variable rate technology for soil sampling, that costs additional dollars. So before they're going to go ahead and take risk, right now the ag economy is extremely poor. I was just talking with Kaylin over there. Uh, beans are coming up a little bit, but corn is still, most growers are probably losing money with corn today, around hanging around $3 here. So uh, there is incentives needed to help growers to take that next step and then hopefully after a year or two or three they're going to see the benefits and just continue those practices so we got about five minutes left here I, I think about you know the science in farms i think about the tesla over there and i mentioned this on our last podcast but it's it's automated to a degree how much are you seeing automation kind of start to enter into these farms and how is that potentially getting us into a situation where you're talking about really thin margins this is like a restaurant like kind of under the pressure of doordash how can uh, automation maybe help uh, widen those margins so our farmers can be more successful in america automation um, in agriculture is my favorite podcast to listen to um, to hear about the technologies that are coming out um, they are coming robot farming is a real thing 
it is obviously still small scale today and it costs money and there's not many growers that are getting themselves in those situations yet where it's automated tractors um, essentially what's the purpose of a tractor it's to pull something but why don't you have a corn planter just drive itself and then go park itself um, next to the pole and charge itself and not have a tractor anymore so there's automation definitely coming with ag and i'm not an expert to talk about it but um, you're excited about it. i'm excited about it it the good thing about it is at the same time we're collecting all this data because of the enhancements in the technology we're, we're capturing how much diesels diesels being burned how fast the equipment's going how deep they're planting the seeds all this information we're finally capturing we're really making great strides with the data and we're making great strides uh, across the country danielle what do you think your last question is here as we kind of close out this conversation yeah matt i would just love to know what advice you have for us and what you hope that we learn as we interview people across i am so happy you're here doing this interview you're meeting someone in rural america at a farmer co-op interviewing me to to get our side, essentially the agricultural side, and to understand that we are trying to do the right thing out there. Not everyone, sometimes farmers get this bad apple vibe from the media, and we drink our own, we drink the water out here. We want to do the right thing for the environment. Sometimes we don't always know what the right thing is or how to get there, but that's why uh, essentially I'm trying to help with that, and Lando Lakes is trying to help with that, is through data we can tell a better story, understand the next steps for some of these operations. Well, and we can empower the farmers to have a more successful crop return while also taking care of the environment and pushing towards that carbon neutral farm that you mentioned are so excited about. We are so excited to keep giving you these stories and these messages across America. It's been a constant challenge, Danielle, but really our politicians should get down here too. This is exciting. America is an inspirational place. And to be honest, what uh, Trutera and Land Lakes is doing really uh, gets me excited for, for our next stop. So thank you to all of our listeners, our watchers. Again, I will forgive this farm for all the noise it's making because we are not indoors in a studio. We are outside in America finding the answers. Keep tuning in with us on this uh, electric election podcast and road trip. Signing off for at least now. Uh-huh.